now the bank saying you were supposed to pay that and you have paid that. So the two sides of the coin comes in. And that's where, and because it's validated and it's on blockchain, credit companies give a little bit more credence to that, saying, well, I can see that there's someone on the other side validating it using their own ID. And that's where we've managed to convince credit companies to actually accept that. And that's a good thing. Today marks the 450th episode of this podcast. And to celebrate, we are interviewing Shahad Chowdhury from OpenBricks. And we're finding out how blockchain might just help social mobility. This is Tech Talks, your twice-weekly technology podcast with myself, David Savage, powered by the Harvey Nash Group, where we talk to leaders from across the industry, and have been doing for quite a while now, and bring you some technology news. So today, joining me for this 450th show, no pressure, Sam, <laughs> how are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, good. I think it's your third show, and, and, and you're, you're doing a landmark show. You know what? I, I'm happy to be a part of history. As people will will work out when they're listening to this, <laughs> we've also actually done a video recording of it. So if you head over to the HarveyNashGroup.com website, there is an article on there with a link to the to the video recording. So, yeah, that was recorded in our kitchen, which I have to say, <laughs> on film, looks like a really nice. It kitchen. looks amazing. It does, doesn't it? Kind of makes you wonder what I've been doing for all these years in the office, just kind of not, not just standing and looking up. To be fair, I did a few, I did a few times where I'd just be on the call looking up Bishop's Gate. It's quite a nice view. <laughs> it is a very nice view. And obviously we have that like magnifying glass in that kitchen, don't we? So we can see all the little people. They just look so much closer. doesn't feel like we're on the 11th floor. What's worrying is that there's a, there's a Pacific, um, or what's it called? American Pacific or Pacific? I, I, anyway, a hotel. Let's yeah. Say opposite yeah um, and the <laughs> curtains the curtains are see-through when it's dark which is a little bit disconcerting because you can see straight into the bedrooms from the from the kitchen to be honest i am surprised no one's seen anything yet or we haven't heard any stories if you know what i mean yeah well it won't i, I just imagine it's because there are fewer people in the office yeah most probably of the time and probably not there late at night <laughs> uh, if, if someone was there working at eight or nine o'clock in the evening god knows what they might see yeah um, our, our uh, CEO's executive assistant, whilst on the phone to her mum, did see a guy just lying in, in his bed, in his pants. Oh, um, that is absolutely great. Yeah, yeah. And it, apparently he wasn't particularly attractive, this bloke. But uh, um, probably, surely if you're lying there, you must realise that there's an office block. Yeah, could you not? Like, I would feel the eyes away. on me. I would feel the eyes on me, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd be very conscious of the fact that I was probably on display. Um, anyway... Oh, Dave, I would yeah. just like to say RIP to Akish as well, because now I've taken his position. I know he RIP'd about 10 other people on my last <laughs> podcast. So RIP well, I, don't, I don't think he's done. I think Akish is just, <laughs> he's just busy, right? Yeah, he probably is. He'll be back. Yeah, I, I hope so. Him. I hope so. <laughs> but yeah, look, if you watch the video on, on the website, as I said, harveynashgroup.com, it'll be uh, on the news and analysis piece. We'll also put a link in the show notes if you want to go and have a look at, at the video and and see what myself and Shahad look like as we're talking to each other well go go there because it's a celebration for the 450th episode but we'll we'll dive into the interview and then uh, myself and Salem will come back afterwards with a few uh, comments on it 
Welcome to today's episode of the podcast, which is our 450th, and you might know it's, it's a little bit different because it's not just audio. We thought as we'd reach this milestone, we'd have a celebration and film it. You might hear a bit, bit of background noise, that's because we're actually filming it in the office during a working day, putting uh, many of my colleagues slightly uneasy with the fact that they might make coffee halfway through this interview. Apologies if they do, but there you go. We are working in new times and trying to do something a little bit different. Anyway. Joining me for today's show, we've got Shahad Chowdhury, who's been on the podcast before. How are you? Thanks, I've been great, thank you. you you're liking the fact that we're surrounded by cameras and lights? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't know which one to look at or what to do, but yeah, it's, uh, it's actually pretty amazing, the view. Oh, the, the view backwards is great. It's fantastic. I mean, I walk, walk down on the lower level with the normal people, but up here, I have to admit... It's, oh, it's it's normal <laughs> people? <laughs> up here, it's a different, different vantage point. So, so, very much enjoying it. Thank you. If someone hasn't uh, listened to any of your previous episodes, who are OpenBricks? So, OpenBricks, we're a property platform, a blockchain-based property platform. What we do is we provide two sets of services. For mm -hmm. the agents, we provide a community-based platform that allows agents to work together um, and build a property industry around themselves and they can that they can truly own themselves which is what blockchain allows them to do mm -hmm. but for the tenant side which are, which is a major point it gives tenant all sorts of great advantages such as a blockchain based based ledger rental history um, credit history all those sort of things that allows for tenants to own that data for themselves as well as help them with social mobility now Blockchain was one of those technological hype terms maybe four or five years ago. Yeah. Fair to say? Yeah. Big now hype. it kind of feels like it's not. In as much as, let me qualify that, crypto is, but we've got more excited about the metaverse, AI, VR. They're, they're the kind of the zeitgeist terms right now. Yeah. Is that doing blockchain a bit of a favour in, in as much as the fact that actually you can concentrate on the technology solutions without people sticking blockchain in front of a company's name and suddenly expecting a whole load of investment based on some hype cycle. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, this is the best thing that's happened to blockchain, actually, because in the first few days when I, um, if you think everything went, goes through a hype cycle um, and it, loads of people were just putting blockchain in front of us and raising millions of pounds and they're not doing anything with it. Um, I was waiting for the day for blockchain to be boring. In fact, most of our you know, users, most of our agents have got 30,000 properties, most of our agents don't even know that we're blockchain based. Mm. We have to explain to them later. But the benefits of blockchain, they are getting. They are getting the decentralized ledger. They are getting the rental records. They are getting all of these extra stuff. And they, they won't really reap the benefit now, but five years from now they will reap it when they know that they own that data and it's decentralized to them. But again, I'm, I'm happy that the hype has gone to someone else, which means that now people aren't, because with hype comes pressure. Yeah. We don't have that. We're selling a product, whether it's blockchain, whether it's AI, our customers don't care, our customers don't know. But we care as a company, because we know that the benefit it brings. And I'm quite happy that it, the hype is gone. I think there is still some people still on this talking circuit talking about what blockchain can do and what it should do. Mm. This, nothing's changed from those guys for four years ago. But I think some of us have kind of just gone away from that yeah. and started building. And you know, I'm happy that it's gone that way because it means that the thing that I built, I can now show and say, hey, look, it's working and people are using it. So why did you choose to use blockchain for the thing that you've built? So one of the things that we came out in the pandemic in a way helped us show this was everyone was annoyed at all agents there's 
were annoyed at right move charging, but no one said anything before the pandemic. Then during the pandemic, 4,000 agents got together and created this say no to right move group and all of that stuff because they had a central control. And we knew before then that if we were to decentralize the control, and they didn't trust anyone else because whoever came in would control it and then would do the same thing as right move. Yeah, yeah. Because once you've got the power, you know, it's a golden rule. He who has the gold makes the rules and they had the gold. So we thought if you decentralize it, the agents can control that. And slowly some agents did come on board and that helped because that showed them we had our first ever community vote um, about the way we change our pricing structure. 87% of our community voted for that. That's the highest attrition rate from anybody. So mm. um, in any poll you take, 87%. So it shows how involved they are. And all we want to do is change the pricing structure. So we knew that that was the best way to do it. The second way, the ledger for the tenants, well, that's a no-brainer. What it does is it gives the tenant a, a, a clear mark of when they paid and when it was stamped. And no one can deny that because it's, it's on, on blockchain. Um, and we'll, you know, it does mean that that information can now feed into Equifax and places like that who see that data and say, hey, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to accept that. So it adds a, a little bit more credibility on the data because the, tenant, the tenancy agreement isn't stored anywhere like a credit agreement is. Mm. So this adds a bit of weight to that. And that's why I think blockchain is great technology too. And look, this is something that I think is, is worth highlighting because I am lucky that I had a bit of help from family, but I was able to buy a house in the last seven months. But I'd rented previously in London for 14 years. I'd, I suppose I'd rented at university. Mm -hmm. You could say that at 36 years old, I'd almost rented for half my life. Yes. And it has never contributed towards a credit check or a credit file. <laughs> and it feels like, you know, despite having a, a, a pretty stable and, and successful mm -hmm. career, that the biggest blocker to social mobility yeah. is being able to turn around and go, this rental agreement that I've paid consistently for 14 plus years counts for nothing when it comes to how banks view me as someone that they can lend money to. Yeah. And that doesn't feel fair. So why does blockchain specifically Provide fix that. that? So it's not so much, again, I can't say blockchain specifically fixes that because I think it's, um, it's, it's, a, it's a societal change. So when you turn around and say, and the biggest gripe people have is, what do you mean I can't afford 1200? I'm paying 1700 for my rent. Yeah. <laughs> and every tenant that hears this going, yeah, <laughs> right? Because the problem is, if you show the bank a bank statement, what you're showing, banks don't care how much you can pay. That's money management. You've got enough money, you pay it. Mortgage is credit management, and in school they never teach you that. No. Right? I mean, I don't, I don't think they taught us very good money management either, but never mind. No, but <laughs> there's a difference between, people always say, well, I've got cash in bank, I've never gone overdraft, and I've never... Fine, but that's money management, great. Credit management is debt management, and banks want to know, can you manage credit? If I lend you that money, will I get it back? And will I get it in an instalment that I can rely on? Mm. When you pay 1700, the bank doesn't know if your mortgage is, if your rent is 1750 or 1800, right? They have no idea. They just know that you've paid an X amount. They don't have the other side of the coin, yeah. right? Whereas if you pay 10 pounds on your phone bill, there's a credit agreement. You promise to pay 10 pounds. So the banks know you promise to pay 10 pounds. They look at your bank account and you did pay 10 pounds. Both sides of it is done. What blockchain provides, whereas in normal tenancy agreement, you've only got one side of the coin, your bank statement. Look, I've made the payment. Yep. You don't have anyone else validating that. What OpenBricks does with blockchain technology is it allows the agent to validate it. 
So when you say, we, when we go to your bank um, for one of our partners and say, look, we've, we can show you that you know, this person has paid 1750 the agent also validates them, yes, the rent was 1750 So now the bank's saying, you were supposed to pay that and you have paid that. So the two sides of the coin comes in. And that's where, and because it's validated and it's on blockchain, credit companies give a little bit more credence to that, saying, well, I can see that there's someone on the other side validating it using their own ID. And that's where we've managed to convince credit companies to actually accept that. And that's a good thing. So obviously you're, you're managing to convince credit companies. I can see why a tenant, if you can get the message out there, would be interested. How does that help a letting agent? Because surely from, from, from the letting agency's point of view, they just want to get their property on somewhere where the most eyes is going to fall on their property and at the minute that, that is right move and that's what you're trying to solve with open bricks but why, why would that solution using blockchain and, 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 and making sure that that agreement can be, can be verified make a difference to them? Well most of our out of the in the last month we had say 50 new tenants come onto our, our platform mm. they all found the property through right move rather than us maybe two found it from us the rest of them right move that's no problem now where does it help the estate agent well, estate agents, one of the biggest issues is they make most of the money on letting the property. They make little money on managing the property. So if the tenant hasn't paid, they have to chase that tenant. Mm. And this is it's a two-edged sword. So if a tenant doesn't pay, on a, if you don't pay your bank statement, right, so if you see your mobile phone account, £10, it will impact your credit rating. Whereas if you don't pay your rent, it won't impact your credit rating. So it's a double-edged sword, whereas this way, estate agents do like the fact that there's a, there's a tenant that, such as yourself, who have paid, it will show those tenants from the tenants that don't pay. So there are, you know, and that, that is the double-edged sword when it comes to credit agreement, that those who pay get a good credit rating, those who don't, don't. And there is a fine line and balance to, to solve that, and we have got certain processes in, in to help tenants who kind of can't pay in certain situations to get around that. But... Fundamentally, where it helps an agent is the fact that they now know there's a tenant who thinks, oh, actually, I've got to pay that because I need to get positive um, credit history on my account, so I'm going to pay it, and they're going to prioritise that, whereas previously they may not have. So what's the funding scene like when it comes to blockchain right now? I mean, you, you mentioned it's kind of gotten boring, but in a way it feels like I'm hearing more situations where there are practical applications of blockchain being used to solve actual problems. And at the minute, you've obviously on the one end of, of blockchain, you've got Bitcoin and you've yeah. got crypto and there's that <laughs> whole slightly distorting hype and it's in the press and yeah. it's like you can make loads of money and it's very glamorized and whatever else. But the, at the other end of the scale, you've got a company like yours that is trying to go, here's a bit of an issue, it's just a piece of tech, let's, let's solve it. Yeah. When the investment company, or sorry, when the investment uh, let's say community, um, starts talking about blockchain, do they still get caught into that hype cycle that we find around crypto or are they managing to, to disseminate the two or separate the two rather and focus more on actual practical solutions and what you kind of guys are doing? So last January we did another race and we were asked, okay, so what kind of cryptocurrencies you know, does your, you know, are you on Ethereum? And we don't have any cryptocurrencies on our platform. We don't. We're not, you know, it's, it's normal. All we do is transact data yeah. that people can use. And we pay for that out of our own pockets. Whereas some people say, look, you know, I'm going to... All cryptocurrency is, is it allows you... You need a crypto to transact, right? It doesn't matter. And then what people do is the one that transact the most, that's going to be worth the most. That's going to... People are going to want it the most. So I'm going to buy that now. Mm. Um, 
we don't have any of that. So when it comes to the actual funding scene, we explain other metrics. Like we aim to get X amount of agents. We aim to get X amount of tenants using it. We aim to get this much traction. We get most of our funding from when a tenant uses the uses the app and then they buy something for it. Whether it's we've got Halifax Insurance, mm. we've got um, you know gas supplies, and when they buy that, we get commission on that. So we we focus on making money in that way, in the traditional method, because we're just providing a service. The crypto side, we do get asked, but it's very quickly told, look, that's, that's not us. We're just using a technology, like we're using any, like we're using the internet, like we're using React app. We're using a blockchain ledger-based technology to do this, and it helps us. And where do you think the future of the industry is going? I mean, I would imagine, certainly in a, in a remote world, <laughs> decentralized ledgers and being able to prove quickly yep, um, a kind of a, a track record of, yep. of payments or of uh, or even being able to validate, you know, mm -hmm. give some kind of forgetting uh, pr what provenance. Provenance, provenance yeah. is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Then that that could be really quite transformative now this side of the pandemic. Yeah, um, I have to admit, if you think about pre-pandemic um, and post-pandemic, a lot of viewings are now virtual. A lot of viewings are now over the phone and that sort of thing. Pre-pandemic, there was a lot of biasness against the tenants. So if a prospective tenants come in, usually the neg had already made up their mind whether they were going to let it to that person or not, based yep. on appearance, based on a whole lot of social factors. Um, but now that tenant can come with data. Yep. And that adds a lot more to that, because a tenant normally went, started every new tenancy fresh. I can get 0% credit because I've built a credit history. Yep. So when I go to the next guy and say, look, this is my credit history, yeah, you can have 0%. But as a tenant, you never get to build that. You go fresh every single time. And you have the same social um, biasness against you each time. Whereas this way, all of that can be removed and you can show them data saying, look, forget about what I look like or you know, what I'm dressed as or you know, what you think of me, this is what you should base your opinion on. And we provide, a, people can make a lot more data-based decision and that is important and that's what we get. And I think that's where, that's where it goes and that's where it's going, that's where the, the whole uh, industry is going. And I think it's very positive. That. So last quick question, as someone who is leading a growth company in this space, and is dealing with all of these kind of questions that we're, we're, we're talking about, what would your piece of advice be to someone who's thinking, you know what, blockchain's technology that can help me so solve a particular problem, what do I do? Um, my first thing is ignore the technology, yeah. find the problem, yeah. solve the problem. Not everyone's a zook, right? Okay, there's very few companies that can bend the world to their will, and Apple is one of them. But find a problem and solve the problem. And if system integration is the issue, and that's, that's where blockchain really helps because it's not a trivial task to do system mm. integration. And if that helps and, and the provenance is issue, then of course use blockchain. But use it as a, as a mosaic of other technologies together. And I would say that's what you should, what you should look at. Blockchain is now boring, thankfully. So <laughs> don't go with the hype. Use the technology where it's needed. Yeah. Only 2% of our platform is blockchain. Well, I wouldn't say it's boring if you're talking to companies like Equifax and giving possibility to the fact that uh, tenancy history can, can count towards credit score. I think that's quite transformative, but I'm glad that you think it's boring. <laughs> Thank you all. I'm, I'm happy that it, the industry also thinks it's now no longer a hype. So it's, it's helping us and it's providing yeah. a positive benefit. Thanks for your time, Dave. Oh, thank, you. thank you for inviting me again. I really enjoy it. <gasps>
Right, you went to university. I'm assuming you rented at uni? Yes, I did. I mean, I done like three different types of renting. So the first year I was on student accommodation, so it yep. was run by the uni. And then my second year, we actually rented a house. So it was me, four other guys. We had paid monthly. I think it was around four to five hundred pounds a month. And then mm-hmm. in my last year, we done like a private student accommodation, which was absolutely extortionate. But yeah, we did rent then as well. Would are you are you back home or are you renting now that you're working or are you would you look to buy? Um, I probably would look to buy. I'm at home right now. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm with my parents. I, I live at my parents' house right now. Um, I mean, the economy is not absolutely great for me to just be moving out and renting yeah. a place especially because our offices in london it, it just doesn't it's not helpful at all is it uh, no the no. prices no, are you, stupid aren't they if you've got that option it makes sense like, yeah when i when i started working at harvey nash unfortunately my mom and dad are in the northumbrian countryside so <laughs> <laughs> would have been a hell of a commute yeah that uh, would be so i flat shared and i'll be honest it I'm quite jealous of people whose parents are in or around London because it gives you the opportunity to save. Mm. And if you're having to rent and start working, you know, saving money at the beginning is nigh on impossible. So the idea that you can get together money for a deposit and at the same time build up a credit score when your rent doesn't count towards credit agency scoring is so frustrating yeah no it definitely is i mean to be honest especially what me i'm only 21 so you don't really get many opportunities to actually build your credit unless you apply for a credit card at 18 or you i mean get your own phone contract when you turn i think you have to be 18 to even do a phone contract even if you have a job at 16 so Mm. there's not many opportunities to actually do that so renting not being added to that it just it it doesn't make any sense and and i like the idea that blockchain in this instance and it's a technology that people do tend to think of as crypto and whatever else but it it provides provenance it provides a ledger it provides a centralized ledger yeah you know you can kind of see the application of it beyond just the rental market in terms of the money piece yeah because it's a way of demonstrating to to any financial institution that you can credit or debt manage um, and 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 carry that with you from rental to rental or from whatever else it might be to help build up a more complete picture of your ability to manage debt or to manage credit from an earlier age and hopefully give people a better opportunity to get their foot on the housing ladder sooner. Yeah, I think um, when you were talking about how it differentiates well money management and debt management differentiate from each other i think this definitely brings it together Mm. in a sense where obviously if you if you do have really good money management then it results in good debt management and it kind of results in the bigger picture like you're saying of a better credit score say for example i was paying for netflix every month or something like that then you could move on to that and it could then apply well it could apply to that and be in a better credit score yeah, yeah, absolutely. Out of interest, um, <laughs> not to say that I'm getting on because I don't think I am, <laughs> but I'm 37 next month. And certainly when I was at school, which I suppose I'm frustrated, well, somewhat, somewhat weirdly, it's getting on for 20 years ago. Oh my um, God. 
Yeah, I know. It's like I kind of go, 37 is not that old. Hang on a minute. I left school nearly 20 years ago. Oh, Christ. Oh, that's no, no offense, um, but I wasn't even, I don't think I was born around then. I think I yeah, might have been up, one. Shut up, mate. Yeah, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> but the reason get taught about, about money management, like financial management was not something that our school ever broached with us. We mm. had like the worst level of sex education imaginable we didn't have any kind of citizen i I think like kids now get citizen education and stuff don't they about about voting and politics we didn't get any of that we basically got bare bones sex education and the rest of it was just figure it all out figure out being an adult basically yeah did did you get anything around financial financial management no um i would say the politics side of things i mean my age group so the millennials are kind of like no, no, hang on. I'm a millennial. You're Gen Z. I'm Gen Z. Sorry, I do apologize. Yeah. yeah, so as a Gen Z... Don't take, don't take the millennial tag away from me, man. <laughs> well, I am 1999, so I'm not really, but at the same time, like... What I, are you on about? Millennials were people who became adults around the turn of the millennium. Yeah. Nah, no, nah, I was You're an adult. Z. I promise I was an adult. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like one anyways. But, um, yeah, like, we got taught a bit about politics only because brexit and all that type of stuff was happening at the time yeah yeah, yeah. so that's the only reason why we would have even known about it and that was more, mostly through twitter it wasn't even through the education system so but financial management is so critical it is very but, key especially when going into university i think that is when you learn how to money manage if anything if you're still in education after um college or sixth form but unless you've got parents who can kind of give you a good guiding hand it's difficult, right? Yeah, it, definitely. When you're 18 and, and all of a sudden there's, you know, you get a loan through and you see all this money and you're like, your mates are going out and whatever else. It's very easy to to mismanage money. Yeah, 100%. And find yourself in a situation where you do rack up some debt. Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially with the incentives that banks give give students. For example, you ha- you take out a student um, bank account and you can take out, uh, I, I believe it goes up to like 2000 in your third year or something like that. Mm-hmm. So if it goes up to 2000 in your third year, you've got to pay that back a certain amount of years after. So you've built up that debt. And now, because you haven't been able to manage your money well enough, you may not be able to pay that back in the given time frame, mm-hmm. which results yeah. in bad credit again. Yeah, yeah. Which is just then underlining a need for someone to come along. And, and the one thing that a lot of young people in this country are doing is renting, kind of yeah. give that as, as, a, as a way towards social mobility. Um I do like what Shahad ends on as well when he's talking about ignore the technology. Um, yeah. You know, find, find the problem, solve the problem, even talking about a mosaic of other technologies, you know, 2% of their business is technology. Yeah. He literally said, I think it was, I think he said on the lines of only 2% of their company um, is blockchain, which was actually very surprising to me considering how long, like how the basis of, that interview was based around blockchain. So when he said two, only 2% of it is only based on that, I was quite surprised. And then another thing that did confuse me at first was the fact that they don't deal with Bitcoin or cryptocurrency because, I mean, that's hugely associated to um, blockchain, isn't it? So, I mean, yeah. I would have thought... And that's, that's the problem. And people then get oh, blockchain. But it's quite good. Blockchain is becoming boring. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> It's, yeah it's, it's, it's the good point like, it, which know, is a good thing for open bricks though isn't it yeah it's kind of it's becoming the the bricks and mortar infrastructure bit of this and yeah you know people get terribly carried away with lots of other bits like nfts and crypto but actually 
blockchain as a, as, a, as a technology it's incredibly useful yeah definitely and i feel like it's gonna slowly but surely build open bricks to be honest because like um the interview was saying um nowadays we're moving more to virtual viewings when i was looking at my third year accommodation we viewed a bunch of different houses until my friends decided to say that they had found an accommodation without me um I then ended up moving in with a few other friends and we had to view that virtually as well. So it's definitely moving with the times. And I think if more companies do that, then obviously, like you were saying in the um, interview, it definitely helps tenants and agents at the same time because mm. tenants would then get other things from, for example, insurance from Halifax and they would get fees from it. So I think everyone benefits in that situation. Absolutely. Well, look, Shahad, thank you for being our guest on this 450th show we'll take a very quick break and when i when we come back i'm going to throw a news article sam's way and see what he thinks about it a couple of years ago michael and jacob two friends from london were both thinking about their consumption and sustainability as a whole michael a professional footballer at the time realized he had no options when it came to sustainable sportswear overconsumption and underuse was all too common hilo was born a sportswear brand fighting for the planet by changing mindsets. They've started with a running shoe made with seven natural materials, and the shoe can be recycled at the end of its life. As a company, they've offset their carbon to beyond zero, making them carbon negative. You can find out more about Hilo and support their mission at hiloathletics.com. That's H-Y-L-O. We support the Hilo movement. Welcome back to the show. We're going to talk about algorithmic tracking. Jesus because it's Christ. damaging mental health of UK workers. Now, this is this is interesting, right? You'll like this. Monitoring of workers and setting performance targets around algorithms is damaging employees' mental health and needs to be controlled by new legislation. An Accountability for Algorithms Act would ensure that companies evaluate the effect of performance-driven regimes such as queue monitoring in supermarkets as deliveries per hour guidelines for delivery drivers uh, said the all-party management group on the future of work. And basically, this is all part of their report, The New Frontier, uh, Artificial Intelligence at Work. And it's talking about the fact that pervasive mo uh, monitoring or target-setting technologies in particular are associated with pronounced negative impacts on mental and physical well-being. And I think it's interesting because it's talking a lot about... Um, it's talking a lot about kind of van drivers and, and supermarkets and mm -hmm. stuff, but I don't think it's that far removed. You know, that's, that's blue collar workers. It's not that far removed from white collar workers. If you're working in hybrid working environments, a lot of companies are interested in bossware. They're interested in, in tracking people's statistics yeah. because they want to know what people are doing from a productivity point of yeah. view. And this, this is good that it, it could become more pervasive because of AI. And actually, as this article says, you know, there should be a clear direction to ensure AI puts people first. Okay. Um, I definitely think that is another way of micromanaging. If companies were to implement, obviously, AI as a tool. Um, mm -hmm. And then lead it, going back to, like, the physical like the physical strain on individuals, I definitely, that was the first thing that came to mind because with AI, could it be a case where, that basing it off in all individuals being the same weight, look, stature, if you know what I mean. So mm. it could then, for example, blue collar workers. I mean, not everyone has the capacity to drive a lorry from one end of the country to another. And there may be other contingencies that happen. And maybe the AI does take that into account. 
but I think it definitely would have a physical strain on individuals if they were expected to reach a certain time. I mean, you can give a certain time frame, but you can't give a specific time. I think that's definitely a bit too much. Well, it doesn't leave a lot of room, does it, for kind of awareness of maybe hidden disabilities. And you're right, that kind of in the, the, the diversity that you find within human populations or human groups. Mm. If you're asking everybody to effectively perform like robots and hitting very micromanaged targets, that that is going to come with a heap of pressure that isn't particularly fair. Yeah, definitely. And then, for example, I got told that someone in another recruitment company, they get um, monitored as to how many calls they do. They have to be on the phone for about two, um, two hours in a day and all that type of stuff. And I think that definitely takes a mental strain because <clears throat> you're basically being asked to work more than you usually would if you were in the office. Yeah. I mean, then some people, I mean, some people do tend to be on the phone for two hours because they're just trying to get everything done. But for those that need a bit of a break in between calls or need to do something else, then I, I completely understand as to why I would take a mental strain on individuals. Yeah, yeah. And this article talks about the fact that, you know, you're talking about lorry drivers there. A lot of professional drivers apparently will jump red lights or brake too hard because they're under time constraints and so have to use their mobile whilst driving. Um, oh. You know, the, the report talks about uh, manufacturing workers who had to lock 95% of their activity on shift so their working day could be planned more intensively. It's like that. that is not healthy. Yeah, no, I don't think that is. I think the mental strain definitely comes with that. If everything is planned for you and you can't work in well the way that you would need to in order to give the best that you can give, then, for example, your job doesn't become fun, first no, of all. Exactly. It, like, I completely enjoy doing what I do. And if I was to be told how many calls to make a day or how many CVs I was meant to send across, like I know I have like a a general basis of how many I'm meant to send across but if I was to be told I'm meant to send seven CVs a day and by the end of the week I should have at least 10 interviews like I, I wouldn't enjoy that I wouldn't enjoy being micromanaged or told what to do so yeah I mean it's 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 you have to be aware that there are performance stats in a lot of exactly. jobs you know there's 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 criteria for success but Introducing AI in that way would be reintroducing the worst of micromanagement excess. Yeah, it's and, like iRobot before the robots got crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, and yeah, I suppose uh, just no Will Smith on hand. Yeah, to, uh, exactly. I mean, that um, would be that would be better. That would be lovely. I mean, I wouldn't mind meeting Will Smith. Oh well, yeah, Will Smith back then he's got a bit weird these days yeah <laughs> let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> but um. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where you just kind of go, right, technology is good generally. Well, technology is ambiguous, but it has the capacity to be used for good. It certainly has the capacity to be used for bad, but it does need regulating. Lots of these tools are coming in and can be really transformative, but unless regulation is in place or if it goes unchecked without regulation, there could be some really damaging consequences. Yeah, so people definitely. Just need to be careful about that. Definitely. I think we'd end up being too reliant on it if we didn't have any re regulations in regards to things like AI. Yeah. Well, look, I really appreciate your time, mate. Thank you for, for stepping out of your usual day activities to do this. Um, and we will be back Tuesday next week. Thank you very much for having me.
give you the satisfaction.